Hello, friends. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Elmwood Baptist Church. We are an independent fundamental Baptist church in Brighton, Colorado. We are so blessed to have you join us today. As we open God's word, I pray that you will be encouraged and strengthened. Our desire is for the world to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and for Christians to grow in an intimate relationship with Jesus and to serve God with their whole life. May God bless you richly as you listen today. Let me ask you a question. If you could if you could see something in the Bible that could be a key to success in your life, would you be interested in that? Is there is there anybody who doesn't want to be a success? Oh, then I got the right crowd here, don't I? By the way, thank you for bringing in all that food. Give yourself a hand. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully everybody enjoyed that. I love Family of God Fellowship, and uh, I'm glad that we can continue to do that, even though it's indoors. You know what? We'll appreciate it when when spring comes around and we can get back outside in the in the pavilion area, and then we'll really love it. And uh, but thank you for being part of that. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter number five. Four keys, four keys to knowing God's will. I'm not going to keep you long. But you know something right now, at 20 minutes to 12, do you know that most other churches have not finished church yet? And uh, and so, and we don't even have to race anybody to the restaurant. Isn't that great? Amen. Ephesians chapter number five. While you're turning there, let me just say something about the about the food boxes. Um, I was asked earlier uh, about turkeys and stuff. We do have enough freezer space, apparently, as I understand, that that we can. Uh, freeze the turkeys, but here, here's here's something. Next, by next Sunday, we're going to have list. We'll have a list for you of things that we'd like to see come in. So, um, but you don't have to wait for the list. You, most, I, I imagine ninety nine percent of the ladies here, you know, you know kind of what you're looking at. So if you're looking at, you know. Um, just, just things that you would normally get for Thanksgiving meal. That's what we're talking about. So you're getting stuffing and you're getting, you know, um, I like real potatoes if I'm going to have mashed potatoes. Um, but, you know, get, a, get, a, get a, a bottle of gravy, maybe already made up, that kind of thing. And, and just, you know, you, you, have, you have kind of a list in your own mind because you've been doing it. But we will have lists next Sunday. And if you want to, you know, if you, if man, all of a sudden there's a good sale on turkeys, then, then, you know, pick up one for yourself and one for somebody else. But we do have room for that, I guess, down here. So I'm, I'm glad for that. We'll get those things put together and, uh, and, and we'll give the report on how that all turned out. All right. I'm excited about it. Thank you for being part of that. Ephesians chapter number five, one verse, verse 17. And that verse tells us, wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Father in heaven, I pray you'd meet with us now for a few minutes here. Lord, we, we do want to be a success. And success in the eyes of the world is not real success. Success, success 
uh, in the eyes of the Lord is real success. And so, Father, I pray that you'd help us now to learn some things from your word. Thank you for this morning's message. Uh, thank you, Lord, for Sabrina making a decision for you. And God, we're thrilled about that. I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited for her. And, and Lord, I just pray that someone here tonight, this afternoon, who needs to make a decision for Christ, I pray that, Father, that would happen as well. Thank you for, uh, just thank you for your goodness, Lord. Without you, none of this would be possible. And so we love you, Lord. Be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. The will of God. The will of God. You know what? The three main questions of life. Where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? And for the born-again child of God, for the one who's saved, we can answer the question, where did I come from? Well, you know, boiling it down, I came from my mother's womb. But, I, I, but ultimately, in the very beginning, I came from God. Um, you know, that's why, that's why we, we believe that there's life in the womb from conception. Um, you know, it's, it's not by accident. God has done that. And verses in the Bible where he knew us, you know, knew us in the womb. And so where I came from, I came from the Lord. And, uh, and where am I going? If I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. But it's that middle question. It's that middle question that we stumble over, isn't it? Even as Christians, I can know where I came from. I can know I'm going to heaven. But then answer the question, why am I here? You know, why am I here? Am I here just to grind it out 50, 60 hours a week and just, you know, grind myself out until I reach an age where I don't have to grind myself anymore and then I can retire and then I can just uh, lay around until I stop breathing? I mean, is that life? Is that what it's all about? I believe God has something more for us. I really do. And I hope that you believe that too. But there's four keys to knowing God's will. There's four things that God wants us to know in order to know his will. And first of all, God is going to reveal his will to the thankful. To the thankful. And uh, I don't have these verses on the screen, but if you're taking notes, you can write these down, look them up. But 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the Bible says, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, in everything, in everything, let me... Let me teach you something about this verse. It doesn't say for everything. You know, uh, Betty and I, we have, we have four children. Well, they're not children. We have four of what would, what would be our children that have gone on to heaven. Now, and some of you have, have children in heaven, loved ones in heaven. When, when we were going through this, it, it was something that was very, very hard. But we learned that in the midst of the trial, we could be thankful to God because we knew he loved us, like I said this morning. We knew that God was not doing this to hurt us. In fact, we later came to the realization, you know, the Lord was actually very good to us because our children, except for our oldest daughter, who's a pastor's wife in Montana, our children didn't have to go through the mess of this world. And, and so we became very thankful. But there are things, you know, it's hard to be thankful for cancer. 
but you can be thankful in cancer. So in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And when we're told here to give thanks, it's not a recommendation. It's, it, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is actually a command. It's a requirement. You know, if you're not going to be thankful for, for what you're in right now, then why would we think that God would reveal something else or bring us along into his will if we're not going to be thankful for where we're at right now? And, and I understand when I say that, everybody's in a different place. You know what I'm saying? Some people are fighting health issues, and some people are, have family problems and marriage problems and financial problems and whatever the case may be. And again, it's not necessarily that we're thankful. Boy, I'm so thankful that I have cancer. No, that's not what it says. It says in everything. Okay, I have cancer, but guess what? I can still be thankful to the Lord. By the way, if I'm going, if cancer is going to be beat, praise God. Praise God that he uses your doctor. Praise God that he uses medicine. Praise God that he uses hospital staff and what have I. Uh, I praise God for that. I've gone through a number of medical things myself. But I can still be thankful in, the, in those things. So it's a requirement. We're actually commanded to give thanks. And why? Because here's our tendency. When we get into a trial or a tribulation in our life, our tendency is to get resentful. Our, ten, our, our tendency, I've, listen, I've counseled people who are very angry at God. Very angry at God. When our daughter Cherith in 86 went to be with the Lord, I was very angry with God. I mean, there's a there's an assistant pastor, Gary Randall, standing there, and I was just, man, I'm telling you, I was I was resentful. I was, man, God, why in the world are we going through this? And and yet, I thought that I had lost my children. And it was not until a man of God really came in and said, you didn't lose them. You know you know exactly where they are. Hi, Evie. <laughs> you know exactly where they are. You know exactly. And all of a sudden, the light came on. I've got a great family reunion coming up. I'm looking forward to it. But a lot of people, they do get angry. They get bitter. They get resentful. They, they don't give thanks. I'm talking about Christians. They don't give thanks. But the word thanks speaks of gratitude. When we give thanks to God, we're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm thankful for what you've provided for me. Why did we pray before we went over and ate? Because we're thankful for that food. You know, it's not, a, it, it's, it's not something that's a, a, a give me. You know, economic things could, could fall apart to the place where we wouldn't have that big banquet of food possibly. In Philippians 4, 6, Listen to this. Be careful or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. When you go to prayer, God says, listen, don't, don't, don't be anxious about what it is that you're bringing to me in prayer. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your care upon him because he careth for you. He's going to take care of you. 
He's going to take care of you. So if we spent more time thinking about what God has done for us rather than, rather than uh, thinking about what, what hasn't been done yet, why, we'd be a more th- thankful person. Here's some things to think about. If you own just one Bible, okay, just one Bible, you're abundantly blessed. One-third of the world does not have access to a Bible. If you own, I mean, if you woke up this morning with more health than illness, you are very blessed than the millions who will not even survive next week. If, If you have never experienced the danger of battle or the loneliness of imprisonment or the agony of torture or starvation, You are currently more blessed than 500 million people around the world today. If you attend a church without fear of harassment or arrest or torture, you are more blessed than almost 3 billion people in the world today. If you have food in your refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, place to comfortably sleep, you are richer than 75% of this world. If you have money in the bank, or right now in your wallet or purse, or if you have change collecting in your car, you are among the top 8% of the world's wealthiest If you can read your Bible, you are more blessed than over 2 billion people in the world that cannot read the Word of God. Think about that. How blessed are you? (laughs) How blessed are you? Man, I was thinking, I was so full, I couldn't eat another dessert. (laughs) What a thing to gripe about, huh? Someone wrote this, I like this, said, Lord, thank you for thank you for this sink full of dirty dishes. It tells me we have plenty of food to eat. Thank you, Lord, for this pile of dirty, stinky laundry. That tells me that we have plenty of clothes to wear. Thank you for this finger-smudged refrigerator that needs defrosting so badly. It has served us faithfully for many years, I see it full of cold drinks and enough leftovers for two or three meals. Thank you, Lord, for this oven that absolutely must be cleaned today. It has baked so many things over the years. Thank you, Lord, even for the slamming of the door, which tells me my kids are healthy and able to run and play. You see how thankfulness works? You see how it works? I think you'll love this too. Count your blessings instead of your crosses. Count your gains instead of your losses. Count your joys instead of your woes. Count your friends instead of your foes. Count your smiles instead of your tears. Count your courage instead of your fears. Count your full years ahead of, uh, instead of your lean. Count your kind deeds instead of your mean. Count your health instead of your wealth. 
count on God instead of yourself. Man, I love this stuff. I mean, it just makes a just makes it a blessing. God's not going to reveal his will to those who are ungrateful. Why should he? Think about it. If we're not grateful for what we have, why would we be grateful for what we would get? And listen, God's will is revealed to those who are in his word. Now, we happen to be in that great group that actually owns a Bible. Probably most Christians in this room, you have two or three. The Bible isn't a book of rules. It's not. It's a book of life principles. And we want to make it sometimes a rule book, but, but really it's not. God teaches us principles on how to conduct our life that will be of the best benefit for you and I. Any list we make would be drastically insufficient if we were trying to come up with rules. Uh, but, but there's things that we never have to pray about. There's some principles in the Word of God that, that really tell us exactly how that we're supposed to live. For instance, in marriage. In marriage, 2 Corinthians 6.14 tells us, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, or what communion hath light with darkness? Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? You know, I've pastored for a good number of years, and and in the counseling that uh, we have done over the years, you know, when we try to keep marriages together, try to keep families together, sometimes sometimes it's, it's something that we see God do miracles and it's a blessing, and other times uh, people have decided, I'm not going to do what God wants me to do, even if God wants me to do it. And so it ends up in a disaster. But I can tell you this, in, in a lot of cases... The disaster in the home would have been not a disaster at all if the Christian, if at least the Christian who was there, would have taken that principle out of God's word and said, you know what, I'm not going to fall in love with an unbeliever. Because what's going to happen is, I mean, who you date is who you marry. And if you end up marrying somebody who is not on the same page as you spiritually, you're going to come to church by yourself. And that's going to cause division. And the Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand. So there's going to be conflict from day one. And we've seen it, believe me. I mean, I, I, and I've seen it way more than I want to see it. But there's a principle. God says, listen, don't get yoked up together with somebody that you're not going to spiritually agree with because it'll be a disaster. And then, you know, about living for the Lord. 1 Peter 4.11 says, If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And that's what we have here at Elmwood Baptist Church. Jesus said of Mary who, who came and broke the alabaster uh, box and anointed Jesus' feet with the ointment. The disciples, you remember, they really got on her. Why'd you do that? That was worth a year's wages. Why'd you do that? That could have been sold. We could have fed the poor. There's always going to be people to say things like that. But Jesus rebuked them and said, she hath done what she could. 
that's a good thing to keep in mind. In a church, we're not asking you to do everything. What we're asking you to do is what you can. That's important because not everybody has the ability to do what somebody else has the ability to do. But everybody has something that they can do. And if we just do that for the Lord, then guess what? We're serving him. You know, I, I mean, it's a blessing to have a family. We talk about family here. It's important. It really is. It's not some make-believe thing. It's the ability to be able to love one another. There's no perfect families. There's no perfect churches. If you're looking for a perfect church, whatever you do, don't, don't join it. Because as soon as you do, it won't be perfect anymore. We're not perfect. We're imperfect. And we go through the same things that families all go through. But you know something? The beautiful thing about family is that we also come together when there's a need. We had the Lord's Supper, for instance, Sunday, uh, last, yeah. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was a blessing to be able to say to the congregation, now the deacons have the offering plates. Now that's the only time the offering plates get used around here. And if, you, if you're able to contribute to the Deacon Benevolent Fund, it helps those who have needs that come up within our family. No, so, no sooner said that than, than uh, met with somebody on Thursday, found out they had a need. Family in our church. And so we were able to go into the Deacon Benevolent Fund and help with that need. I mean, sometimes we can't meet the whole need. But, some, you know, we can help with the need. And... Uh, and we were able to do that. Why? Because God used you. God used you. And so, serving God, I mean, those, those that want to glorify God, who want to bring honor and glory to the Lord, um, I'll tell you something. It's a blessing. Our church has to have a testimony of that. One of our dear ladies said to me today, said, said, um, why aren't we doing, why, the, 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 the Thanksgiving box. Why aren't we doing that every year? You know me. I mean, generally I'm not caught without something to say. But, you know, thinking about that, I don't have an answer to that. I just said, well, you know, we're pretty busy here. We, we do a lot of things. But you know what? We can do that. We can do that. And we can even do better at it. You know, it's, it's something that we need to do as a church. We need to have that kind of testimony. I was, I, I'm not embarrassing Sabrina, but I was talking to Sabrina and, and happy for her decision this morning. I asked her, how'd you, how'd you find out about Elmwood? And the short story is that her, your mom knows some people that, that go to this church. We don't know who those people are, but they, uh, they recommended, they recommended Elmwood to your, to your mom, apparently, and your mom talked to you. Praise God. Man, I'm glad that I'm glad the story isn't, oh, stay away from that Elmwood. Whatever you do, don't go to Elmwood. I mean, man, oh, man. I'm glad, oh, I tell you, that blesses my heart when somebody says, yeah, go to Elmwood. I've heard that's a good church. Oh, hallelujah. 
because we're all imperfect. We're all imperfect. And, and, and yet, out of that imperfection, God can, God can use us. God can use us. So we need to be thankful about it. We need to be serving. And we need to, we need to be those kind of Christians. And thirdly, we need to be obedient. You know, we got, you know one of the big problems we have in America today? We have a big problem with, with, with uh, authority. I mean, a big problem with authority. And, uh, I mean, some of you know this story, some don't. But, but you know, right out here, right, right underneath the cross on the outside of that building, Pastor Knudsen had his truck parked. He was down here, and he was, you know, spray washing off the church building. And, and some guy coming down 85 with his backpack, we caught him on the surveillance video, but it was so grainy we couldn't tell out who he was, but we could see what he did. And he jumps the fence out here, and he jumps in Pastor Chris's truck and steals it. Right off the church property. And, <laughs> and honestly, when, when that happened, I thought, man, man, I mean, you... You, you can be an imbecile and know that you shouldn't steal somebody's vehicle. But people have a problem with authority. And, and so it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if it's against the law. It doesn't matter if it, you know, disables a family, you know, puts them down to one vehicle and, and that kind of thing. Thank God that Pastor Chris got his got his truck back. And uh, but man oh man. We've got an authority problem in America, and that is, honestly, that is, that is a huge, huge problem. We need to be obedient, Christian, o obedient. I've really tried to discipline myself on, you, you guys know that I, boy, one of the ways that Satan really tries to get a hold of me is when I'm driving, okay? And, I, man, I tell you what, i got to get over myself. I really do. Because it seems like everybody around me that's driving are idiots. And, you know, how do I, I mean, I'm like the best driver on the whole road, I think. Oh, what arrogance. Gary, wake up. You know, someone is looking at me driving going, what an idiot. That's what it came to right there. But, you know, uh, Bromley, going up to our house is only about, I mean, three miles from the church. But Bromley is 35 miles an hour, all the way from, uh, all the way from 85 up to, just just past the, the the water park there. 35 miles an hour. <clears throat> I don't know how many times I've seen people pulled over because they they got caught speeding. I mean, literally, I'm not exaggerating if I say over 100 people. And so what I've done is every time I get in my vehicle, whether I'm coming or going, I set my, I set my, uh, my cruise on 35. And then I just sit there and I let people, I mean, they can't stand me. I'm looking at them in the rear view mirror and, you know, they're giving me all kinds of, you know, you're number one, you know, and, and, and you know, they, they got a real happy look on their face. No, they're going around me, you know. What's wrong with this guy, you know? And I've had people race around me. I'm thinking, where are the police? You know, I'm obeying the law, and there's no cops. And, uh, 
But I'll tell you something. I've learned. I've learned, you know what? I don't want to get a ticket. I don't want to get a ticket on Bromley. I don't want anybody in my church or anybody who has visited to drive by and go, that's Pastor Randall. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that. And so I'm, I'm saying, I'm, hey, I need to be obedient. I need to be obedient. Well, you know, God gives us some examples of being obedient. You know, here's, a, here's the verse that called me into the ministry. It's, it's Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. And I'll read it to you. It says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. When I read that passage, I was in another occupation. I was just a, trying to be a good Christian in my church in Montana. And, and, you know, all of a sudden God spoke to my heart, and I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God wanted me in the ministry. And that began the process. That began the process. Well, what if I wouldn't have been obedient? If I wouldn't have been obedient, I wouldn't have gotten to pastor this wonderful church. I wouldn't have got to pastor a, another wonderful church up in Montana. I wouldn't have. I, I wouldn't have experienced all the wonderful things that I've experienced. It all came down to being obedient. Was I scared? Yeah. Yeah. Every missionary that we have come through this church, they were doing something. God said, hey, I'd like you to be in the ministry. Were they scared? Yeah. How's God, how, how am I going to make it? What am I going to do? How, how do I do this? Those are all valid questions. God takes care of all of them. God also wants us to be faithful to church. You know, I've asked people who, I had a guy come to me one time, and he was a member of our church. We changed way back years and years and years and years ago. I changed the evening service time to 5 o'clock. And man, I had all kinds of young families that came up to me with the kids and stuff. And they said, oh, Pastor, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because now we can go home and we can eat dinner together. And we don't have to race around trying to stuff something down our gut and, and race to bed and try to get the kids in bed. And we got to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, get ready for Monday. They were just so thankful. I had one guy came up to me and said, are you aware, you know what's going are you aware that the Broncos play on Sunday afternoons? I said, yeah, I'm fully aware of that. And he said, well, I'm not going to be here for the Sunday night service. I said, well, you know, hey, that's between you and God. Hey, listen, you're going to worship something. I'll just worship God. You worship the Broncos. I'm not against football. I played football. But 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 listen, you know God, I, God who want who wants to make me a success. Not not a huge worldly success. God just wants me to be successful as a Christian. 
said, hey, Gary, don't neglect, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. You know? I mean, there's always going to be those who, eh, there's a lot of things better than going to church. Really? Man, when I was in the world and going to church, I, I, when I wasn't in the ministry, I was working in the world. It was F this, F that, F the other thing, all day long, all week long. And when I came in for church on Sunday, and when I was in church on Wednesday prayer meeting time, the middle of the week, those were the only two times in my life where I came in someplace where God's name wasn't damned, and Jesus Christ wasn't drugged through the mud, and F this and F that wasn't even said. And I'd come into church and go, wow, this is nice. You know what I'm talking about? And I thought, man, this is where I want my daughter. I want my daughter in church. I want her around this. And you come in, and people actually are happy to see you. And, and if you come in and you got a burden and your face is kind of showing the burden, somebody comes up, puts their arm around you and says, hey, what's going on? I love it. Man, I love it. And that and that's what we do. But you know what? None of that happens without being obedient. And then lastly, I need to be a witness. Just like just like somebody, you know, uh, talked to you about the Lord. Somebody opened up the Bible and and show you that, man, here if you call upon the name of the we need to do that with, with others. Not be afraid to do that. How many got grandkids? Raise your hand. Amen. Do you love them? How many, how many love them? <laughs> oh, a few more hands. <laughs> um, and you got, how many got pictures of them? How many got, hold it. How many, how many got pictures with you? I know, yeah, uh, yeah. I know every Sunday, I, and praise God, I'm thankful for it. Don't get me wrong, but Ben, I have watched Michaela go from she wasn't supposed to survive to where she's running in a what was it a 5k? Oh, one mile. Pretty good. I couldn't run one mile right now. But but you know what? You don't mind telling people how much you love your. Here's, here's the pictures of my grandkids, you know. And Why don't we do that same thing with Jesus? Why don't we do that same thing with Jesus? You know what? I mean, if he loved me enough to die for me, shouldn't I love him enough to, sh to love him enough to share with somebody else? I love my family. And I'm, I'm not ashamed of my family. I'll tell you something, I'm not ashamed of not ashamed of Jesus either. And neither is Evie. That's a baby amen. Okay? So, listen, we need to be faithful. We, we need to be in all these things that I've mentioned for God to, to show his will for us. If we're not going to, if we're not going to be thankful and if we're not going to be, you know, if we're not going to be, uh, you know, yielded to him and his word, and if we're not going to be obedient, then why 
should God reveal his will to us? And by the way, he has a will for you. He did not create you without a purpose. So you know where you came from. You know where you're going. But it's up to us to find out the answer to that middle question. And, and that's why we started with Ephesians 5.17. And, and God put it right on us, didn't he? Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So you know what? That's our responsibility. If you come to me and say, Pastor, I don't know what the will of God is. I'm going to say to you, hey, friend, you can know. God's not playing hide-and-go-seek. You can know. And so, honestly, if we do these simple things, these keys right here, first be thankful and, 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 and be you know, be real about that and be in his word because, listen, we're not looking for do's and don'ts. We're looking for principles to live by. And, and, and then, of course, be obedient. Be obedient. Be obedient. And God will bless you. And the, and the last point, really, and I, I was going to stop before that. I, I don't want to keep you real long. But, you know, when we begin to know what God wants for us because if we're doing those three God says hey I got somebody that's really serious about this then as God reveals his will you need to yield to it you need to yield to it I know that we've got some we've got some young people that you know God's touched their heart about missions just stay tender just stay tender to that and, and, and be in a place where be in a place where God can reveal to you exactly what he wants. Be thankful, don't be a griper. Be in his word, learn the principles that God wants for you. Be obedient. And by the way, that means be obedient at home too. Be obedient at home. Because listen, don't be a hypocrite. Don't come to church and, and okay, you know, I'm gonna, you know, try to obey the rules or whatever you know would be you know what I'm talking about but at home I'm something else you know listen be be what you ought to be as a Christian at home at home you know I grew up in a broken home just my dad and I and and it wasn't a great home and I, I'm the one I, we, I wasn't Christian my dad wasn't saved but you know something I wish I could do it all over again so I could help my dad so I could have been a blessing to him instead of just being just a jerk. You know, there's there's single parents that raising kids and life is tough. And listen to me, you kids. And I know I know maybe you got mom and dad and what have you, but you know what? You could help your parents and be a great blessing and be obedient to God's word by by being a blessing and by being obedient. would be a great, great change in the home if those kind of things happen. And by the way, if you do that, then you got God on your side. And you want to find out that middle question, why am I here? God's going to reveal it to you. And I don't care if you're young or old. You can know God's 
Thank you for listening to our sermons from Elmwood Baptist Church. If you like our ministry and want to know more, check out our website at www.elmwoodbaptist.org. Or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next time as we continue to study God's Word and grow in His grace. God bless you, my friends.